KRXO FM and KRXO HD Oklahoma City, a product of Tyler Media, reaching over 1 million Oklahomans every week. Now, the Outdoor Hour, giving you the inside scoop on the great outdoors, presented by Park Ridge Medical Clinic on 1077 The Franchise. As long as I can remember, I've been drawn to the outdoors. There's something primal in each of us that awakens when we step outside the bounds of modern society and back into the vast possibilities of the natural world. The more civilized our lives become, the louder our hearts cry for reconnection with our native ways. Failure is imminent, dangers drawing nigh, but approached with reverence and tact, the outdoors return wisdom in game. In both the outdoors and in life, harvests are fleeting, but lessons and memories abound. With that in mind, we step forth boldly together in pursuit of ourselves outdoors. We are nothing more than tree stand troubadours. Welcome inside the outdoor hour. Happy first week of 2023. Hope you all enjoyed some rest over the holidays. I did. It was great last week to revisit a few of our favorite segments from the past year. Some great stories were told. If you missed last week's best of episode, you can now catch the podcast anywhere that you find podcasts. They're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all over the internet. So go find last week. Here are a couple of our uh, favorite stories that were told. And in this week's episode, we're revisiting a guest that was with us earlier in 2022. We've got more to discuss, and it's still waterfowl season here in Oklahoma. We've got a little bit more time left. I have spent so much time focused on deer season, and that's starting to wind down. I've gotten out in uh, to the marshes a little bit. I've done a little bit of waterfowl hunting, but man, this is really the time of year. And, and maybe I'm wrong for this, but this is when I start to fix my eyes on waterfowl just from here to the end of the season. Uh, we're excited to have in this week's show with us from GNH Decoys, Ray Penny is joining us. I'm Taylor Maples, as always, Todd Lizenby behind the glass, and the one and only Josh Stratton as well guys everybody welcome inside the outdoor hour what do we know what do we know good christmas Taylor, thanks for having me on yeah absolutely ray how was christmas christmas was great unfortunately i spent a lot of christmas uh laying on my couch being sick but Ooh. i'm finally feeling like i'm back on the mend right now that is no bueno yeah. also can we go back to the fact that taylor just admitted that he liked duck hunts for like two weeks <laughs> i think we need to have an intervention here ray I, you know, I would like to fault him for that, but I think there's a lot of folks who probably don't duck hunt except for the last few weeks of the season, and I get it. You know, there's a lot of meat on a deer. People really enjoy doing that. Um, sometimes work gets in the way, and, man, the weather certainly has a lot to do with that. If you've got to pick two weeks, though, January is probably the time to have those two weeks. Oh, that's a fact. And, by the way, someone needs to tell the ducks yeah that uh <laughs> it is duck season in oklahoma what happened some of the word i've been getting what do you know well you know we had we had some a little flush of birds early season those birds seem to have all gone to texas uh it didn't help that we were as dry as we could be uh back during november and a good chunk of december and uh, now we're finally starting to get some rain into some of these places uh, but it's, it doesn't help when, uh, you know, second day of January, the daytime high is 68 degrees outside. Hey, it was a great day to take the Christmas lights off my house. That's right. And lots of people spent, my, my kids, my boys decided that instead of going duck hunting, probably a wise choice, they wanted to go down to the local trout pond in their shorts and go catch <laughs> trout. So that's what they did. That sounds like a pretty good option, too, though. Yeah, you know, we uh, it always seems to me like we get these weird weather spells like this. We had birds here, and then we had all that freeze, and the birds kind of kept going even further south. Uh, and then it seems like we saw them for a few more days, uh, but it seems like they're they're thinning back out again. Maybe we'll get another push of cold weather here, and, and we'll get them to stay. It seems like they always show up, you know, kind of last three or last two weeks of, of January. Uh, when they finally get here to stay. We're chatting with Ray Penny from G&H Decoys this week inside the Outdoor Hour. I've already been getting some grief for the little bit of waterfowling I've done this year. So, Ray, how much have you done? What's your season been like? 
Surprisingly, Taylor, I have done more waterfowl hunting this year than I did last year, uh, and maybe even more than the previous year. Unfortunately, I have not done very much of that uh, on my own in the spots where I like to go. I've had some great hunts with some great people, uh, but I've spent a lot of time out uh, out and about um, hunting with other folks. Okay. Are Company you, hunts, if you are you. Is this, you know, family and friends? Are you, with a loose interpretation of the word, are you kind of guiding some folks out there? Who have you been hunting with? Yeah, I wouldn't say that I was guiding. I did I did get to take a really cool trip to Montana this year uh, to go hunt with some folks up there uh, as part of a seminar that we taught and uh, have hunted with some other folks who have made donations to groups like Delta Waterfowl and Ducks Unlimited. We You know, we do kind of a, a donation thing where we donate a hunt. You come to the factory you have the full factory experience. You get to mold a decoy, paint a decoy, uh, see the factory working during the daytime. And then uh, we turn around and, and we go. It's not a guided hunt. You know, we, we're not trying to market ourselves as guides. But we get out and we go share a blind and a sunrise and a cup of coffee and some donuts with you. And uh, at the end of the day, you take home the decoys. So we've done a, a fair number of those. It's been pretty cool. We've donated, I think, a good chunk of, of cash through these to uh, some local conservation groups to uh, DU at a national level, uh, to Delta at a national level, and all in all, it's been a great thing. I will say this because I have taken a little bit of grief already for how much deer hunting I did this year. I grew up waterfowling. Like when I was a kid and we were going hunting, we were chasing ducks and we were chasing geese. Um, and I just kind of got into big game hunting in the last few years since moving to Oklahoma. So it's kind of distracted me this time of year away from ducks and geese. But I've been out a couple of times this year. And your point about sharing a cup of coffee, even sharing a morning cigar, like there is something about waterfowling that you just can't get in any other endeavor in the outdoors. Yeah, you got to bottle up the duck blind. I mean, if you could figure out how to bottle that up, um, you could sell it to the masses you know ray what you can't yeah. see is there is a, a stack of duck calls <laughs> over here that uh taylor brought in uh old wooden ones oh yeah i'm not even sure how old these things are but, well i'll uh, say this the first bow that i ever hunted with was a 1986 martin warthog that my dad handed down to me um these calls are probably from about that same era. They look sweet. You know, there's a, an old saying that folks just don't make them like they used to, and there's a lot of good old gear out there that has really stood the test of time. I, I recently dropped, huh, in fact, it was last weekend, right before I got sick, uh, I dropped my entire call lanyard in the bottom of a lake because I was distracted while I was getting in and out of the boat and uh, lost lost my old call lanyard. I had calls on there that were 25 years old, uh, and nothing. I, I told somebody that day I would rather have dropped my shotgun in the lake than those calls. Yeah, I believe that. Absolutely. You mentioned touring the warehouse. Uh, for those who don't know, give us a little uh, backstory on G&H, the history and where you guys are located and and what uh, motivated you to uh, become one of the new owners of the organization? Yeah, so, you know, the, the backstory of it is that the company was founded in 1934 uh, by a guy uh, named John Gazalski. And uh, John, in the middle, it's really crazy when you think about what was happening in Oklahoma in 1934. We were in the middle of the Depression. We were in the middle of the Dust Bowl. And uh, President Roosevelt signed the Duck Stamp Act, which made it illegal to use live birds as decoys. And so uh, John Gazalski, sensing a, an economic opportunity, decided to start making goose decoys out of uh, paper, mache in, paper mache in kind of a shell shape. And uh, the product was so popular, he went out and got a patent for it so that, you know, the goose shell, that's such a ubiquitous piece of waterfowling gear. I don't think – I think that's kind of like everybody's first goose decoy, right, is some shells because they're not expensive, they're, they last for a real long time, and they do a great job. And uh, he invented the goose shell here in Henrietta, and it became so popular that uh, the company has endured to this day. In, uh, in fact, on March the 16th, uh, we will turn 89 years old here at G&H. Uh, and company almost went belly up and out of business. We're sort of the last manufacturer that still makes all of our products here in the United States. 100% of our manufacturing is done here. We don't outsource anything. 
We don't white label anything. We go from raw plastic pellet media to finished decoy products here all under one roof uh, in Henrietta, Oklahoma. And the uh, company almost went out of business a couple of years ago uh, just because sort of economic times got hard. And uh, uh, last family owner, Dick Gazalski, passed away in uh, 2021, and it kind of gave us an opportunity to put a new ownership group together and, uh, you know, sort of restart the company. And uh, we're trying to see it through the next 88 years. Nobody cares, but we share a birthday. March oh, 16th, well, happy March birthday. 16th. That's a, Thank a great March day 16th. to be born. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> a historic day to be born. A historic date, no less. For so many reasons. Welcome I'm to not, show I'm, not, I'm not quite as old. I want to make that very clear. I'm not quite as old. That's good to know. And, and probably not as high a quality. Either, yeah. Either one. Well, you are made in America, though. That's true. That is true. Todd Lizenby is one of one, though. So made in America, and they broke the mold. Limited edition. Very limited edition. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Just a beauty. And they also Who's say about the- me, they just don't make them like they used to. That's what they say about <laughs> me as well. There you go. <laughs> There you go. That's what we're trying to do is, is make them like they used to here. But at the same time, we're trying to do some new things. We'll have some new products uh, coming out later this spring that will be the first new product that GNH has created since 1996. So we actually have uh, a third-generation world champion decoy carver here this week named Luke Costello. And Luke is kind of helping us develop and, and create the new products. We're starting to build inventory for next season already. And uh, we also have a kind of a cool boat manufacturing thing that's going to start happening here. There's a boat company out of Colorado called Hog Island Boat Works, and uh, they make a really cool boat that is roto-molded just like an expensive cooler is. And a big part of their production is going to start happening here in Henrietta also. Wow. So why don't you talk a little bit? You know, I saw on their Instagram there's a a, a G&H decoy edition of the – um, Hog Island that looked uh, pretty spectacular. Hey, before we do this, Ray, because I want to have you tell that, but we got to fit a break in here. So absolutely, let's take a quick break. When we come back, look I want to hear you, more Taylor. about Hog Island. Look at we'll you learning about that. the radio. Geez. Look at this look guy at <laughs> being professionals. We got the guy with the most radio experience contributing the least in terms of <laughs> vocal presence in each of these episodes. I'm like so. I'm like a coach that just lets the coordinators handle it all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how, how are we doing? We're kind of building no, this thing as we it's go. It's perfect, and I think this is a great tease, and I can't wait to hear it, so I guess our listeners can't wait either, right? All right. We'll be back with more from Ray Penny after this. If you're one of the 20 million men in America struggling with ED, check out Parkridge Medical Clinic. Don't just fight the symptoms of ED with a pill. Treat the root of the problem. Parkridge Medical now has an office here in OKC, and they use a state-of-the-art clinically proven technology called acoustic wave therapy to actually repair blood vessels and increase blood flow to where guys want it most. They feature an all-male staff. Your office visit will be perfectly comfortable. No pills, no needles. Guys, quit making excuses. If you struggle with ED, get your life back together without having to plan those intimate moments around taking a pill. Call Parkridge Medical at 405-839-7000. That's 405-839-7000. More with Ray Penny inside the Outdoor Hour after this. Welcome back to the Outdoor Hour, talking all things outdoors. Presented by Park Ridge Medical on 1077 The Franchise. Welcome back inside the Outdoor Hour. Taylor Maples, Todd Lizenby, Josh Stratton, and from GNH Decoys, Ray Penny. This week, before the break, Ray, you were starting to tease a little bit. There's some new stuff on the horizon for GNH. You mentioned Hog Island. I mean, you guys, you mentioned this when you were telling a little bit of the story for GNH. You have done the little things with this company for so many years so well. There is such a trusted and established brand for GNH. You know what you're going to get with these products, but it's so cool to see the way that you and the new ownership has come in and not run away from that, but owned that and are now looking for ways to kind of progress a little here, little there, maybe without upsetting the turnip cart too much, so to speak. But what's coming up, Ray? What do you guys have going on? 
And so I'm, I'm glad you asked. Uh, we, we talked a little bit before the break about new decoy products. Uh, so you should see, oh, I have to look at the list here to refresh my memory, but it's something like uh, 17, 18 new products uh, that are going to be hitting the market, uh, decoys that have never been seen before. Uh, we've got some cool new new packs that are going to come out, uh, sort of like you know area-specific packs, one for the guys who like to hunt timber, one for the guys who like to hunt the salt marsh down in Texas. So some of those cool things on the on the decoy side. Uh, there's also a, a company called Hog Island Boat Works that makes a really cool boat that is roto molded, just like one of those expensive coolers uh, that you that you tie on the back of your truck. And uh, I got into these boats a few years ago because I am just one of those guys that's super hard on gear. I can destroy absolutely anything. Um, I, I hesitate to buy stuff that's really expensive unless I know it's really durable because I know that I'll, that I'll wreck it. And uh, so I wanted a boat, but I knew I was going to be tough on gear, and I wanted a boat that would kind of do all the things that I like to do. Uh, my parents still live down in Houston, so I like to get down to the salt and go fish down there on the flats. Uh, I like to catch uh, stripers on a lot of the Oklahoma rivers. I uh, love to get out and, and catch some largemouth bass. But I also wanted a boat that I could duck hunt out of. And so I saw these boats that were, you know, kind of one-piece uh, plastic roto-molded construction, and I thought, man, that's what I need because that thing looks like I won't be able to break it. Uh, I was sold when I went to their website, and there's a video on their website that you can go check out of uh, the, the founder of the company, uh, shooting his boat with a 12-gauge shotgun uh, full of birdshot, and the pellets didn't even penetrate all the way through the hull. And I decided, like, yep, got to go, got to go get me one of those. So I bought one, and it turned out to be as durable as I thought it was. Uh, it's not fast. Uh, it's kind of funny looking. Um, but, man, it is a durable boat. And uh, as a duck boat, it turned out to be even better than a fishing boat because I've run it over stumps, and I've, run it across gravel shoals and over oyster shell down on the coast. And the thing's super durable, so I reached back out to the guy to tell him how much I loved his boat. And one thing led to another, and we discovered that he was looking for a place to move a lot of his production to that was kind of situated in the middle of the country. And uh, we had the ability to make stuff out of plastic here. So uh, coming here soon, starting later this month, we're going to start doing a good portion of Hog Island's production right here in Henrietta inside the GNH factory. That's amazing. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been a cool project. We've had some ideas for how he could improve his product. And, uh, you know, he's, he's a great guy to work with. His name is, is uh, John St. John, uh, old, old salty old fishing guide from Colorado who developed these boats. And uh, he's just a heck of a guy, and uh, we're really looking forward to be able to produce these. To my knowledge, there are only two of them in Oklahoma right now that are kind of out and about on the water. But I hear that Josh Stratton is buying one, so maybe that'll be three of us soon. Yeah, I heard he was buying me one, actually. That is it two? Is that what it is? We're yeah. Two out, one for you and one for him. Yes, yeah, awesome. That's great news. Yeah, I, I was. Josh is I was. Guy. I was unaware, but I'm very excited. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can think of. I know two fishing cats with two hog islands that I can think of, um, but excited to see a lot more of them uh, start showing up on the water around here. Um, I think you and I can both agree. It's, it's if you're. Uh, angler and a duck hunter i'm not sure there's a better boat for oklahoma waters uh than those those sweet hog islands yeah it's a it's a great ride they've been really popular uh you see a lot of them in uh south and central texas uh there's a bunch of them in florida uh there's a lot of them sort of out out west you see them states like uh montana wyoming places like that uh but for whatever reason they haven't really caught colorado's got a bunch of them uh, I've seen them. I actually was in Alaska two years ago and out on a remote lake that we had to fly into, and there was two hog islands on floating on this lake out in Alaska. Hmm. Um, so I'm actually so cruising they're, through they're, the website right now. It looks like they've got the drift boat and they've got the skiff. Do you? Yep. Which model is it that you picked up? I have the skiff, and that's we actually make a GNH edition of this skiff. Uh, so you know, you want uh, the decking that it comes with standard uh, has kind of a powder coating on it, but we wanted something that had a little more grit. So we kind of took some of their designs, we altered them just a little bit to make them a little more adaptable to 
so that late season duck hunting. And uh, we put a, a really cool gridded surface on them called gator hide uh, so that, you know, you got muddy boots on that. You don't want to be slipping and sliding while you're duck hunting in the cold. And uh, so we've made a few, just a few improvements here and there uh, that we think make the boat a great duck hunting vehicle. And the best part about these things is they're kind of like a Swiss Army knife that you could take parts out of. So when you're done at the end of the duck season, you can take the blind that we've designed for it, and you can pop the blind off in about 10 minutes, uh, and it's ready to fish for the rest of the season. You can take the, you want to put a big light bar on the front of it for running it at night, you can pop that off. Uh, and you can really kind of plug and play all the cool little accessories that you want to put on there. That's cool. Yeah, they're super epic. They're really, really awesome. I have never shot ducks out of a boat. Well, it sounds like we probably need to fix that. Hey, Ray, do you know someone who can help with that? <laughs> if only we knew someone. I, I think know, we could probably help you out with that. That is that is outstanding. Let's make that happen. So, Ray, you... you yeah, we you, got some time. Yeah, you've kind of done it all, right? I mean, you're a veteran. You're an attorney. What uh, what drove you to make a kind of about-face uh, career path change and and follow your passion of waterfowl hunting and uh, get involved with G&H. I mean, I know you mentioned there was an opportunity, um, and, and yeah. we all know that's a big part of it, but there had to be uh, something more than that. Um, would love to hear about that. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I The first kind of job that I had right out of college, uh, and, of course, I spent uh, – I would have made much better grades in college had I not known about the outdoors, uh, and if I hadn't spent so much time – stand on the edge of a pond somewhere or, you know, trying to get myself into some sort of a place where there was, you know, fish or something, uh, I probably would have done a lot better in school. I did okay in school. Uh, first job I had was working for a fly fishing tackle company. I actually used to work for Orvis uh, down in, in Texas at the big 10,000-square-foot retail store that they have on the north side of Houston. And uh, I really loved being able to work, uh, you know, in the outdoor industry and, and interact with hunters and fishermen and be out on the water and do all of that. Um, I ended up leaving that job to join the Marine Corps because it was something I'd wanted to do ever since I was a kid. And uh, that was a, that was a great job. After that, I, I got a little misguided, I guess, and thought the smart thing to do would be to go to law school. Uh, Cause I thought I could have a job as a high powered attorney and make a lot of money. And I, I did have uh, a couple of those jobs and I loved them. Um, I guess I still keep a, a, an office at the law firm, but I don't go in there every day. But uh, G&H, and, and, you know, I'd been a G&H customer for a long time. I first got G&H decoys as a gift from my own father-in-law uh, many years ago and realized that, man, I, I could stop buying decoys every single year if I bought some better quality decoys. And I uh, kind of quit buying the other junk that I had been buying, you know, every season and started investing my money in, in G&H because they would last. And... Uh, you know, it's funny, I, uh, my folks live in Houston, and I drove between Tulsa and Houston past this factory probably hundreds of times over the 20-some-odd years that I've been sort of in and out of Oklahoma, and I never stopped until a trip in the fall of uh, 2020, and uh, that's when I discovered that Dick Kozolski was old, he was on the verge of, of passing away, and there was not really a plan for the company. It looked like it was going to get all chopped up for scrap by the lawyers. And uh, that's when I kind of decided, like, and here's another great opportunity to uh, make something in America that you can feel really good about, kind of be back in the outdoor world, uh, and also uh, maybe, you know, sort of hold a small piece of American waterfowl history in my hands for a few years. I love that. What, what is, what's it mean for you to be a part of eastern Oklahoma, man? It, I have a, a deep love and respect for that part of our state and um, – just you know if i could i'd probably I'd pack everything up and, and head over there and go get lost in uh in the ozarks of oklahoma but um would love to hear from you you know having a little more time to explore uh eastern oklahoma what what's that been like for you what, what are some of your favorite spots yeah i think there's a lot of people that sleep on the eastern half of the state because uh, when you're driving down the highway you see some hills back there, but you see a lot of trees, and you really got to get off the highway uh, and kind of off the beaten path and get back into the woods to sort of see uh, what's what's going on out there. There's such an enormous variety of opportunities out here. Um, you know, you, people think of Oklahoma, people who are, and I'm a transplant here. I'm originally a Texan, 
you think about uh, Oklahoma, and I think the first thing everybody thinks about is like red dirt and muddy water and some big wide open sky. And those things are, are great. A lot of cool things to do in the red dirt part of the state. Uh, but the eastern half of the state over here has got some cool, crisp water that's clear, and we've got some smallmouth bass, and we've got duck hunting opportunities that I think rival any place on the planet. I, and I mean that sincerely. There's, there is a sort of hidden duck hunting culture here in the eastern half of the state that, that a lot of people sleep on. And uh, I, think, I think we've got better opportunities than a lot of places in the country that are kind of uh, better known than we are. I'd agree. And I mean, I love the unique culture of Eastern Oklahoma. You know, it, it, it's clearly Oki, but it, it is its own version of Oki. Uh, and just love it. I love uh, the rural communities that still exist out there. Um, and it seems to be a, a more community centric focus on how people are approaching their lives. What What does it mean for uh, the, the town of Henrietta, you think, to have G&H decoys there and to uh, hopefully some of them have heard your desire and passion and vision for growing the organization. But, you know, not just making a great product for people to go create memories with, but what does it mean to be a place where people can actually make a living, right, um, and be able to afford to to live uh, in Henrietta? Yeah, so Henrietta used to be a larger town than it is now. I think now it's it's a little less than uh, – it's a, it's a few thousand people. If it's even – 5,000 people, I'll be shocked. Um, but G&H used to be the largest employer in town. Uh, there's a glass plant next to us that still seems to be operating, but I think uh, maybe at a reduced capacity than it did in the past. And uh, there were a lot of people in Henrietta that were really excited to see G&H come back because uh, for a long time it, was, it wasn't just a big employer. Uh, it was a big employer that people took a lot of pride uh, in working at. And I think that's starting to come back. Uh, I hear about people in the country that talk about having a labor shortage, and I don't have any shortage of labor at all. I, I'm not exaggerating when I say I get 10 to 12 people a week who come to the factory to pick up an application and apply to work here. And uh, so, you know, Lord willing, uh, we'll continue to grow this thing. Uh, we got to sell a few more decoys, but, uh, you know, our goal is to build this thing back. Uh, I hate, hate to use the, the cliche, but, you know, build back better and uh, make it bigger than it was. Uh, and get back to those days when we were shipping, uh, you know, full semi-loads across the entire country. We shipped a few full semi-loads this year, and it felt good. Uh, we'd like to double the number of full semi-loads that leave our factory in 2023. Next time you're sending a truck out this way, they can just stop off at my house. How's that sound? Perfect. You text me the address. we get some decoys out there. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, we got to hit another break. We're chatting with Ray Penny from G&H Decoys in Henrietta, Oklahoma. And before we get out of this segment, I want to talk about another Oklahoma-made product, and that's Oki Hide Blinds. I've been hunting out of an Oki Hide this year. You've heard me talk about it throughout 2022. It has absolutely revolutionized my ability to really have an enjoyable deer hunting experience. I love getting out in a tree stand from time to time and blowing around and trying to just see how still I can sit for three and four hours at a time. But I also have a lot of days that I want to take some little Debbie's snacks and I want to take my eight-year-old nephew and I want to be able to just hang out and watch a football game on my phone while I'm waiting on a big buck to walk by. All of these things are made possible by the Oki Hides. They are overbuilt, overthought. They are the most ridiculously overkill deer blind you'll ever find for all the right reasons. The guys that manufacture these are welders and fabricators by trade. They're outdoorsmen and outfitters by choice, and they've really combined their passions in a perfect product. We're talking 26-gauge galvanized sheeting, magnetic blackout curtains. Uh, they've got the largest platform footprint in the industry space. I even had a day this year that I put my dad out just on the landing in a chair to treat it more like a tree stand just so he could have that kind of an experience being outdoors. If you're in the market for a new hunting hide, check out Oki Hides. It's okihides.com. They have a brand new facility here in Oklahoma City where they manufacture all of their products. You can go tour them, see the different models that they have to offer. 
offer. Chat with Roy and Rivers and all of the great folks over at Oki Hides about their products and the passion that has gone into manufacturing and engineering these. Okihides.com if you want to learn more. We've got one more segment ahead inside this week's Outdoor Hour with Ray Penny from G&H Decoys ahead after this. Now back to the Outdoor Hour, presented by Park Ridge Medical with your host Taylor Maples on 1077 The Franchise and the Franchise Mobile app. Welcome back inside the Outdoor Hour presented by Park Ridge Medical Clinic. I've been cleaning out the garage over the last couple of days, trying to do some spring cleaning, get right back into things here for uh, what is still winter but spring approaching. I always think in college uh, semesters because my wife is a college softball coach, so it's already spring, right, because we're headed back that direction. We were doing some spring cleaning. I had the pedigo out this week. I was zipping around my neighborhood. That thing is so much fun. I had never been on an e-bike before I picked up this pedigo, but I grew up mountain biking. I've got a road bike that I love to ride. This pedigo has absolutely just been the most fun thing that I've added to my garage in the last year. I can go up to 16 miles without pedaling on this bike in a day. And then if I actually want to put some sweat equity into it, I can go a lot further than that. Um, I shot a buck this year on a day that I rode the pedigo back into the woods with uh, some feed on a basket behind me. I mean, this thing is just a blast. If you've never been on an e-bike, maybe you're not really interested in e-bikes. Like, frankly, I wasn't originally. Go to Pedigo OKC. They're on MacArthur Boulevard on the west side of Lake Hefner. Talk to Lance. See all the different models they've got from beach cruisers to things with big, you know, rock shocks on them. They're all fully tricked out. They'll take good care of you. And if you talk to Lance, mention the outdoor hour. He'll save you 10% as well on the Pedego e-bike. We're chatting this week with Ray Penny from G&H Decoys. It's kind of a waterfowl episode this week. I haven't done a lot of waterfowl hunting this year. I've had a couple of really good hunts, though. I got spoiled, guys. Growing up in Colorado, I went to school uh, in Alamosa, Colorado, uh, at Adams State. And there was some wetlands out there. Um, that, I mean, we're talking like National Geographic kind of duck hunting, right? Like, we'd go out and we'd have days that we'd limit out before we even had the decoys set. Um, so I kind of got jaded with it because we would just shoot so many big, beautiful ducks. It's been a few years since I really was a waterfowler. I had a hunt this year. I went out with Clayton and Amanda Duvall from Duvall Family Outdoors, and we just hammered on some mallards. I mean, it seemed early this year, guys, like the duck numbers were going to be really good for Oklahoma. We kind of hit a little bit of a lull there for a bit, but there's been some pretty good waterfowling to be had this year around the state. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, you know, you ask uh, six different duck hunters, you'll get six different answers about how their season's going. Um, you know, I try to take the, the broader view. Uh, this year's not been that different from from previous years would have been nice to have some water early on uh, which we didn't get sort of until December we're still getting some water in some spots over here by the factory but uh, you know being where we are in the country and uh, weather being what it is these next kind of three weeks that are coming up are the three weeks to make it or break it this is the meat of the season right now so going back to uh, the the, the, you asked six different uh, duck hunters you get six different answers Um, if they're anything like fly fishermen they're all lying <laughs> just flat out that's also true yeah the guys flat who are out. shooting ducks will not say that mm-hmm. they're shooting ducks and absolutely the guys that aren't killing anything or reposting all their pictures from last year <laughs> yeah you know the, Shh, you're not supposed to tell people yeah the days where like i loved it in the old cameras where it just put the time signature in and there wasn't much you could do about it you know uh, there you go the, you know kept us a little more honest right uh that's but, right you know, all joking aside, when I was giving uh, Taylor a hard time, I've actually not been able to make it out for a duck hunt at all this season. So uh, I have absolutely nothing to add to this conversation. Uh, 
man, the the, the work life uh, has been the life uh, yeah. for me. So I, I've been living uh, vicariously through my friends uh, and guys like you, Ray, and, and uh, pictures and uh, guys like Falco Outfitters and 737 and, you know, everyone else out there in Oklahoma that's just stacking birds. So, Ray, let me ask you this. We are getting into the last few weeks of the season, but it's still a really good time to get out. What do we need to be doing differently this time of year if we want to try to get into some birds? Yeah, I'll tell you, um, you the later we get into the season, you know, the tougher it gets. The birds get educated. Um, they've seen a lot of decoys. They've seen a lot of spreads. I'm not trying to give away my, my secrets or my tips, uh, but I'm kind of a less is more guy as the season goes on. And, uh, yeah, absolutely, you can go put out a dozen decoys if you want to uh, on big water and, you know, try to, uh, you know, make all the commotion and noise that you can to get the birds to come there. Uh, but the birds see that all the time. And so sometimes doing uh, being a little bit different than everybody else's spread, I find that's what sort of it becomes the difference maker for me late season, which is maybe put out less decoys, maybe be a little more quiet, and uh, I, you know, really, as the season works on, goes on, uh, work to brush in my blind a little bit better, so that uh, it's not me and and my ugly face looking up into the sky that's flaring the ducks. One of the funny things that happened in our last recorded show with Josh Karam was he was commenting that everybody in the duck blind wants to say that a they know how to call but b oh i I call as little as i have to right like if the ducks are coming in i'm gonna lay off and just let them keep coming but as soon as you get out there in the blind and the ducks are coming it's so hard to just let your calls hang out everybody just starts hammering on those things yes they're a lot of fun right it's fun to blow a duck call it's fun to get a response from the ducks sometimes that response is the ducks uh starting to flap their wings again and turning directions and going out but uh, you know they heard you at least, right? <laughs> it's a one-way conversation. Hey, That's Ray, right. I got a question. You mentioned you you like to go fewer. Uh, do you do you see any need for change? You know, I know that G and H and other companies make a variety of sizes uh, in decoys. Do you do you find that later in the year the magnums or um, the smaller ones uh, work better, or, or is there any correlation there? Yeah. So I would have if you'd asked me this question last year. Uh, I would have said, and eh, whatever, decoys are decoys. Um, I have started hunting with somebody a little more often this year, and that's our, our director of sales, Ben Half. And Ben is a big decoy guy. I don't think he even owns a standard or even a magnum-sized decoy. Every decoy Ben owns is a super magnum decoy. And when he and I kind of hunted together for the first time, I thought, okay, Ben, we'll put out your big decoys. And we put out only his super magnum decoys. And I have to tell you that I was – shocked not only at how good the spread looked on the water but i was shocked at the responses that these big decoys get from birds it just feels like there's when the decoys are bigger for whatever reason there's less hesitation from the birds does that mean that they think they're closer to the spread because they see the decoy bigger on the water i don't i don't know what the science behind it is uh but i've been kind of sold as a big decoy man now and uh i can't confirm this but i may be switching all of my decoys into super mag decoys uh for the rest of this season also hmm. yeah i i my conversations with ben uh at duck camp and uh throughout the the last few months uh i was unaware of some of those things as well uh talk about a guy with a wealth of knowledge um and what a what a spokesman for uh gnh decoys that that guy's a he's just a stud yeah, he, you know, you see a lot of people that, especially in the world of sales, that uh, they can talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk, or maybe they don't have the experience. Uh, ben is the duck hunter's duck hunter. Uh, he, that guy has has probably, you know, seen and experienced uh, more different scenarios and and had more crazy things happen to him uh, than than anybody else that I know uh, in the world of waterfowling. He is he is a duck hunter's duck hunter. Hmm. That's awesome. You hear man's man, duck hunter's duck hunter. I want to be somebody's somebody. I don't know what that would be. <laughs> a radio host's radio host. Is that yeah. like I hit all the brakes at the right time? And I don't I don't think you're to that one We're yet. We're not there yet. Yeah. yeah. Well, I got to tell you, you have great guests. 
we're re- we're really good at talent selection and yeah. guest selection. Yeah. Well, I'm pr- I'm proud of you, Taylor. Well, thank you. Yeah. yeah. This is fun though. Absolutely, Ray. Thanks for being with us this week as well. We're gonna have to have you back. You've been on once. Um, we haven't really touched a whole lot on duck camp. You want to talk about duck camp a little bit? We still got a couple of minutes. Yeah, so I think we talked about it uh, when I was on the show last time, but we only touched it briefly. Yeah. We hosted an event down here for a conservation group called Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, and BHA is focused on uh, sort of public access to public lands. Not everybody has a uh, you know million dollar duck club to go hunt on, and a lot of us, you know, even myself, still. I still love to get out on, on public land. In fact, I've hunted more public land this year than anything. And uh, BHA works really hard to ensure access to those public lands. We hosted an event with them here at the factory that we called Duck Camp. We've got an abundance. We've got like more than 100,000 acres of public land within an hour of our factory. A lot of it's really excellent duck hunting. So, you know, without giving any spots away or skylining where people are going, we had a great event here on the lawn. We had a bunch of people bring uh tents and campers and uh set up here on our front lawn we had a big bonfire one night we drank some beer and uh, it was a cool really cool opportunity to meet a lot of hunters and compare notes and learn about other methods and uh you know some folks were even generous enough to sort of say here's where i like to go and here's where i like to hunt and uh had a great event um Folks came from a long way away. We had some guys come from, from uh, deep southeastern Louisiana because they just wanted to come up here and, and hunt in uh, in eastern Oklahoma. And uh, those guys killed limits two days in a row out here. I think they were the only guys that killed limits two days in a row. But it was a great event. We had a great time. Um, we really enjoyed getting to see people from all over the country. And we raised a little bit of money for conservation, too, which never hurts. And you guys are really plugged into the conservation side of things there at G&H, too. I love that. One of the things Yeah, that... we are. You know, the, the story of our company is kind of started in conservation. We are here because uh, FDR signed the Duck Stamp Act, and we feel like if we want to have 88 more years of duck hunting in America, uh, we've got to do something to make sure that uh, not only are there ducks on the landscape, but also that we've got, you know, public lands and waters and, and places for ducks to reproduce and places for people to go hunt them on. Hey, Ray, one thing you skipped over, which, you know, I think maybe it just slipped your mind, but... You also made uh, quite a cameo um, with uh, Wood Willow that evening uh, with quite quite a performance uh, of a song that uh, you're, you're pretty proud of. I did. I had had a few beers, and uh, someone talked me into going and singing uh, Rabbit in the Log, very out of tune uh, with those folks. And uh, rumor is that there's an Internet video of it floating around somewhere. I hope uh, I hope at least I don't see it. But uh, I can be talked into uh, things like singing along when I've had enough beer to drink. Yeah, I, I have the entire performance on my phone. Oh, uh, oh so boy. I will make sure to share that with Taylor and Todd just just for reference sake. But, man, talk about something else great out of Oklahoma. Those Wood Willow guys are, are pretty darn good. Yeah, they were awesome. I really enjoyed having them here at the factory. Uh, always cool when you discover new music like that, especially when it's uh, right off your doorstep. You're not willing to release that, though, Josh? You don't want to make I, that an exclusive? At this point, I would prefer not to release it. I was hoping for a uh, live rendition. Not the rendition. most embarrassing thing I've ever done, but probably close. I was hoping for a live rendition, Taylor. Yeah, I don't think I'm familiar with that song, Ray. Can you give us a line <laughs> or two? Uh, unfortunately, I have not warmed up my vocal cords yet today, and uh, so you're going to have to give me a little more advanced notice next time if you need a uh, command performance. We're in the last segment of the show, and he says, I haven't warmed up my vocal cords. <laughs> He's been talking to us for about 45 minutes now. He means he hasn't drank <laughs> enough beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he means the bourbon's not flowing yet. That's what it is. That's what it is. Yeah. Well, what's coming up? I know you mentioned there's some new things on the horizon for G&H decoys. What do the next few weeks look like? So we've got a guy named Luke Costello down here uh, working away in the factory. Luke is a third-generation decoy carver. He's won, I, I think, two or three different world championship uh, decoy carving contests. He's a brilliant artist, and uh, Luke is down here working in our factory for the next two weeks, and we are uh, putting out or, or producing the first new products that GNH has created since 1996. And uh, we'll have those available and uh, in your favorite Retailers, if you didn't see GNH in your favorite retailer this year, call them and say, hey, can we get some GNH decoys next year? 
because uh, we love to be in, in stores all over the country. We don't just want to be an Internet product. And uh, so that's, that's what our attention is focused on right now, that and uh, getting this, this boat project uh, off the ground and, and starting to produce those Hog Island boats here in, uh, in our factory in Henrietta. That's going to be really cool. I'm looking forward to seeing those. Hey, you know, one thing I... Yeah, you need to, need to come take a spin in one. We've got a couple here at the factory we can put on the water and, and get you out in. Let's well, he can, just, he can just use mine. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Josh is, is volunteering to loan you his. Yeah. He hasn't even gotten it yet, and he's right. already loaned it to you. I mean, that's just the type of guy I am, Ray, you know? You know, one, one of the things that we haven't really touched on, we don't have a whole lot of time, but, man, we talked about duck hunting and the duck blind and the community, but, man, we didn't really talk about dogs. You got any people in Oklahoma that you're just like, man, they are great at what they do um, and have a cool story about being passionate about waterfowl dogs uh, here in the state? Yeah, so, you know, speaking of guys who traded it all in, cashed in all their chips to go do something that they're passionate about and care about, there's a great guy uh, down around, I believe, Marlowe, Oklahoma, sort of down towards Lawton, uh, named Jeff Chestnut. And Jeff runs an outfit called uh, Washita Retrievers. And uh, I get zero dollars for telling you about Jeff, but I know Jeff when I used to live down in that part of the state. I used to go train with Jeff on Saturdays. He's just a, an absolute peach of a man. And that guy has, has trained so many champion uh, retrievers that uh, it, it, would, it would blow your mind. He's got a great kennel facility down there. Uh, he's got puppies that he sells. He starts dogs. He trains dogs for people. Uh, and he's, a, he's just a heck of a guy. And uh, he trains an excellent waterfowl retriever down there. And uh, so, Jeff, if you're listening, shout out to you. Uh, I haven't talked to Jeff in, in a couple of years anyway, but uh, he's definitely somebody you should, you should catch up with if you're looking for a, for a dog before next season. There is nothing better than shooting birds over a good dog. Yeah, at some point, you know, it, you get, we talked earlier about, like, enjoying that morning cup of coffee and that morning cigar uh, I think as you get older, I think what happens to, to, or at least what's happened to my waterfowl hunting, is that for me it's less about that full strap limit of birds at the end of the day, and it's more about that experience. Uh, yesterday I went out with my two sons. They're 14 and 10, and I didn't even fire the gun once, uh, but the 14-year-old shot a beautiful blue-winged teal, and the 10-year-old shot a couple of birds, and I got more enjoyment out of just watching my sons shoot birds and running my dog and watching the sun come up with a cup of coffee uh, than I did over a lot of hunts that I've had in the past where, you know, the barrels were getting hot and the birds were dropping like crazy. So, it's you know, a dog can really add a lot to, uh, to the experience and, and, you know, can save you a lot of frustrated time trying to pick up, you know, birds in water that's deeper than your waders or too cold. But uh, if you haven't gotten a, a dog, man, it, if you're hunting without one, that's, that's kind of, in my opinion, uh, sort of the next purchase you make is go find yourself a good, well-trained dog and pay the money to get a good one because that can really improve the quality of your experience in the duck blind. When I was little and I'd go bird hunting with my dad, we had two rules. He would say, don't shoot grandpa and don't shoot the dog, not necessarily in that order. Both very critical. That's right. That's right. Both so, very critical. Absolutely. Ray, thanks for being on the show. Hey, before we get out of here, got a couple more things we need to just touch on. Uh, we're still giving away a once-in-a-lifetime fishing trip this summer in Yellowstone National Park. I'm going to be on this trip. Josh, I believe that you're coming on this trip. We got a couple, possibly. I mean, who knows? You yeah. know, th th there's yet to be determined uh, which one from of the, the shop. Uh, one from the shop. W w there may be a battle royale, okay. uh, you know, to to uh, attend. We're we trying should to figure come out, up we with some way. Shut the shop down. You yeah. Know? Can you just all come? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, we're giving away a trip for you and a friend to go fly fishing in Yellowstone. Uh, it's going to be all expensive paid. We're talking airfare, housing, meals, licenses, all of that. You just got to bring your own fun money with you. Um, but speaking of fun money, J.D. Adams and Company is giving you $1,000 as well to spend in their shop. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that'll get you pretty set up. Yeah. and Or it could give you that that Helios rod or that uh, Sims G4 waiter that you just couldn't justify but you could get for free this way. So it's a pretty sweet deal. It's a $1,000 shop credit. 
Plus, you and a friend get to go to Yellowstone with me and some guys from the shop. We'll see yeah. you all. Yeah, and some of the crew from J.D. Adams & Company. Absolutely. So get over to J.D. Adams & Company to register to win that. You've got through February 26th, and they are located on North May Avenue at 122nd here in Oklahoma City. You're going to get one ticket just for stopping in the shop. And then for every $100 someone spends, they're getting additional tickets yeah, for you that get drawing. It, yeah. yeah for, and it's got to be at one time. You know, you can't just come in with all your receipts and say, well, I spent $100 this month. No, it's a one-time checkout, uh, and you'll get a next one. A question I've been getting at the shop was, uh, is is there an age limit? We've got to go back and read the official rules. I think we put that you had to be 18 to win. Perfect. Yep. I did not know the answer to that. Yep. So I did leave official rules with you. Well, you know I didn't read those. I know. So. Yeah, got to be 18 to win. It's a whole thing. You, really. you should have read them to me in like a, a voice memo and sent it over read them to me like i'm five yeah okay. well get over to jd adams and company you've got now through uh february 26th to win that fly fishing trip of a lifetime if you've listened to some of the past episodes you've seen their photos of their venice louisiana trip you know these guys know how to put together one heck of a fishing trip and we would love to take you with us to yellowstone this summer before we get out of here, I want to say one more special thanks to another sponsor of the show, Oki Land Bow Hunters, uh, 325 Opportunity Drive down in Norman. They've been such a great supporter of this outdoor hour since the beginning. They've taken great care of me. I've had n a number of friends in there as well. We're getting down towards the end of bow season, and you've probably got some problems, something that you've fought through the year with with your setup don't fight through another year next year. Now when it's top of mind, get down to 325 Opportunity Drive in Norman. Go see Bryn at Oakey Land Bow Hunters and let him outfit you with a whole new setup that you can now train on throughout the summer and be ready for next fall. Or maybe you just need a new D-loop tied in for the last couple of weeks, something like that. If you need help with your bow setup, 325 Opportunity Drive in Norman. Oakey Land Bow Hunters is the place to go. Well, I think we did it. I think we, hit we it made all. it. Yeah, we made it. Congratulations! First one of the year of the new year. Happy 2023 to all. Ray Penny with G and H Decoys. Thanks for being with us this week. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Hey, uh, look for a phone call for me coming up. I want to get out on a boat in the next couple of weeks. We can make that happen. In fact, uh, I just. Happen to see the boat guy walk in right here by me, and uh, we can definitely get you out in one of these New Hog Islands. There you go. We'll do it. On behalf of Todd Lizenby and Josh Stratton, I'm Taylor Maples. If you've got a story to tell or a lesson you've learned, give me a shout. I'd love to have you on the show. You can find me on Twitter at T underscore Maples. Follow the show page on Twitter, Instagram, and now TikTok at outdoor underscore hour. If you've got a business and you'd like to inquire about advertising inside the outdoor hour or on the franchise in general, or even one of Tyler Media's other radio stations, send me an email, taylor.m at tylermedia.com. That's going to do it for this week's outdoor hour presented by Park Ridge Medical Clinic. Todd, who's coming up next? Well, we got the uh, soccer show. Yeah. Ryan Chapman and I will be uh, taking you until 9 o'clock tonight. So, yeah, if you want to talk some proper football, that's coming up next. Proper. Absolutely. All right. Until next time, go boldly. We'll see you outdoors.